Thomas Michael. Oh, pal. Here, I got one for you. <laughs> you know Enterprise, the rental car company? I do. Okay. So they have this franchise little operation somewhere in Missouri. And this worker feels that he's getting too much negative energy from his coworkers. So he doesn't sit down and say, hey, guys, you know, there's a lot of negative energy in here. Why don't we do something about that? No, you know what he does? He, he takes the water, you know, those, those water things that everybody uses in an office. Oh, the big water cooler? Yeah. He spikes it with LSD. <laughs> what is it, the 60s again? I don't know. I thought the CIA only did this kind of stuff. You know what? It created quite a thing. For the rest of the day, people were saying, pick out any purple dragon in the lot you want. It's already gassed up. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, here's something that's going to impress you. Are you ready? Yeah. I want to see if you know this. Don't tell me the answer. Just tell me if you know the answer. Okay. okay. Do you know what LSD is an acronym for? Uh, no, I don't want the answer. Okay. Just tell me yes or no. I can't pronounce Lysergic acid diamethyl. Are you impressed? I'm very impressed. That means you must have taken it. No. They took acid to make the world look weird. Now that the world is weird, we take Prozac to make it look normal. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Got to have something to balance yourself out, right? Right. And to think that that was only the hundredth skeeviest thing to happen at that enterprise that day. What kind of thing? Skeeviest thing to happen at What's enterprise. What's Skeevious, you know, like sketchy or sleazy or something. Skeevious? Yeah, baby. I made that up. <laughs> You're like Norm Crosby. Yeah. You come up, you have your own language. You have your own comedic language. Don't <sighs> what do you think you get when you take LSD on birth control pills? What do you think you get? What do you get when you take LSD on birth control pills? What do you get? A trip without the kids. Uh -huh. ah, there you go, buddy. You know, LSD can make you lose weight. It's kind of hard to get to that refrigerator when there's a big rodeo clown staring <laughs> you right there. You know, they actually are using LSD nowadays in medicinal ways for people with uh, mental problems. Have you heard about that? I would think it would make it worse. No, under the right supervision, they use a dosage the right way and stuff like that. Did you ever take it when you were young and wild? LSD? Yeah. No, you know that I never did drugs. Right. But isn't it amazing how... Things that were used recreationally back in the day are now all of a sudden they're finding good medicinal applications for. Yep. Mushrooms are another thing. All the more reason maybe we should just go ahead and legalize everything. What do you right. think? I remember once this radio station in Philadelphia, W, I think it was W, I don't know what it was. But anyway, they did a, this promotion where they were having a concert, a free concert by giving out clues during the day. And so everybody knew where it was. They, about 10,000 people showed up at the stadium. It was a football stadium in a little town called Conshohocken. And I'm at this concert. I think it was Leon Russell. Remember him? Yeah. Leon Russell. And there was a blues guy, I think Freddie King, a bunch of people. I'm enjoying myself. And this guy I went to high school with, but a little older than me. You remember those days they had those wine things you put around your body, you drank from them, like little sacks of wine? Mm, before my time. All right, but anyway, this guy offered me a sip of his wine during the concert. And I said, yeah, I'll take it. It was outside in the daytime, beautiful day. I took a big swig, and after I took it, he started laughing. I said, what are you laughing at? He said, there's LSD in that. And I freaked out. Of course, he was making a big joke about it, but I didn't know that. So I got in my car and went home and didn't see the concert. Ruined your day. It did.
and now you're still having flashbacks. <laughs> so maybe there was something to it. It's the power of suggestion, right? Well, oh, I'm shocked you didn't know what those pouches around the people wore in those days. No. I've seen those beer things, you know, where they have the straws coming uh, out of but, both sides of their head, right? Right. Yeah, well, that's kind of silly. Yeah. You never had one of them, did you? No. <laughs> Either did I. And I never drank wine out of a pouch, although I think Jesus did. Yes, he did. Yes, he did, although he died at 33, so, you know, he didn't get to enjoy that. Anyway, Thomas, did you know— <laughs> Was that some kind of Easter reference or something? Yeah. But he came back three he, days later. Come on, did. man. He did. Work he with did. me here. It wasn't as bad as it seemed in the beginning. There was a happy ending. Yes, there was. And it didn't happen at a massage parlor, right? What? Tom and Mike. Do you know that uh, researchers have discovered that uh, there's a hundred major differences between the male and the female brains? Did you know that? Only a hundred? <laughs> male brains utilize seven times more gray matter for activity, while female brains utilize 10 times more white matter. Now, gray matter, like you told me many times, is the information and activity processing center. White, white matter is networking grid that connects brains and and gray matter and other processing centers. What it means is women remember everything. They have a larger hippocampus. It's called a memory area. Hippocampus? It's H-I-P-P-O-C-A-M-P-U-S. You have trouble with your medical terms. Yes, I do. I'm not going to have a doctor. It's all good men. Women feel more while men use logic. We problem solve differently. I knew that. Women have smaller brains that are more tightly packed with connectors, allowing them to perform better at tasks involving the big picture. Men tend to excel better at singular tasks, while women are better at juggling a number of things at once. Did you know all this? I did not. You, I didn't either. You came to the table with information today. Yeah, baby. Husbands are, you know, they don't use their brain all the time. Like, for example, when they go on a trip, most husbands believe they can pack more if they just buy smaller clothes. That doesn't work, does it? <laughs> no. Did you ever try that? No, it sounds like a dumb idea that you would come up with. <laughs> and women can't read, or men can't read roadmaps because only the male mind can conceive of one inch equaling 100 miles. You Re know, you've told me that, right? Remember roadmaps? Yep. Gosh, can you imagine going to a, a gas station now and asking for a map? You would just get laughed right out of the gas station, right? Or that you were some alien visiting our planet, taking really? your leader. And women spend more time thinking about what men are thinking than men actually spend time thinking. Did you know that? Oh, I can believe that. Yeah. But although men have a much better time of it these days than women, because for one thing, they marry later, get to enjoy. For another, they die earlier. So they pack that <laughs> life into You knew that, didn't you? Yeah, sad, sadly, I guess that is a, a bit true. So next time you are looking at that wife of yours, think about that your brain and her brain, more than 100 different things, different than each other. So I guess the bottom line here is white matter matters. Right. White matter matters. Hey, you made something up there. I did. You did. It was my contribution to the show today. <laughs> what do you think? You're not going to give me any more? I spent a lot of time. We're not done yet. Oh, okay. Keep going. We've got some more to do. you got to give me some more contributions. Okay. Tom and Mike. It seems like in the last few months, we've heard a lot of talk about socialism, right? Uh-huh. And Republicans are trying to paint the Democrats as being socialists when, in actuality, this has been going on for a long time. They accused FDR of being a socialist. That didn't turn out too good for them. So whenever things get crazy, one party, like, changed the other party. You know, you know Nixon accused Kennedy of being a, a communist and a socialist. 
Right. Well, here's the thing, Thomas. Everybody's okay with socialism when it comes about cleaning up a big oil spill or there's a big hurricane or a disaster. Then you look for the help for the government, don't you? Of course. Well, that's socialism. You're not making the argument that socialism is good, you see. Most of the people in our country cannot discern between the two, so you're never going to make that sell. Right. And you can't make socialist jokes until everybody gets them. That's socialism. Everybody has to be involved with it. So right? I guess this isn't going to be a very funny story here. Well, that's not, and that's, no, you don't know about that. What's okay. the country right now in all the news about socialism? Venezuela, right? Okay. I mean, right now things are so bad, they are declared a two day work week because of everyday shortages and energy shortages. So if you have a two day work week, what day is casual Friday? Every other day. There you go. See that? That's a contribution. Right. And you know, they got no food. So you know what their president just said? He said, you don't need toilet paper if there ain't no food. That's pretty brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, and <laughs> his grammar is slightly better than yours. Oh! <laughs> I was quoting him. Okay. And here's the problem with Venezuela. They should go to the old Soviet method. You pretend to work and then pretend to get paid for it. You're not digging this socialism, are you? No. <laughs> I never did. Well, no, but they're part, I mean, what's Medicare? What's, what's... Uh, okay, okay, but... Social Security. Again, you're not going to make that sale. It's all good, though. It's all Goodman. No, but people have to realize that there's parts of socialism and everything, but, you know, capitalism is the way to go. I'm not saying I'm it not isn't. not buying. You're not buying what? And neither are the American people. Well. It's just never going to happen. No, I'm not. Okay. Ultimately, you'd really like it if we were France and we had a 92% tax rate, right? No, not at all. I'm just saying that all socialism isn't bad. Okay. It's, you know, Medicare, Social Security. Yeah, there's certain things that the government. we have as but part never of our gonna, government that's right. socialistic, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, all right. that stuff. Right. But we pay for that. Right. And people have learned to accept it. But overall, you can't say that we're a socialist system. We're a capitalist system. Well, you look at Venezuela only having a two-day work week, and then you look at our Congress, they only have a two-day work week. So, we, you know, they're socialists. Well, they're all the way there. They just don't know it yet. That's right. Tom and Mike. So I got something for you I know you're going to love. By the way, I'm taking a knee on that last story. What do you mean? It was no, a joke. Another contribution. Yeah. Occasionally I come up with something that I, I know can that, contribute to the program. <laughs> you want you want to say something, but I'm not going to let you. Uh, I'm right, just going to keep interrupting you like you're interrupting me. But go ahead. I know that young Thomas likes to work out as much as possible. Although he goes through peaks and valleys where he really hits it hard for a while. He has eye at the tiger. He's a warrior. And then he slacks off. Am I right? You're so right. Okay. You've got me down. Well, I got something for you I think you're going to love. Have you ever heard of the one-minute workout? Yeah, yeah. You just go at it like crazy for a minute, right? Yeah. These are example of exercises for the one-minute workout. Chin-ups, pull-ups, sit-ups, squats, but very high intensity. You hit all major muscle groups. And if you really push, you even get a cardio surge as well. One minute, my friend. Okay, they, why don't you go through those different routines so I can start doing it right now? Chin up. How do you do a chin up? You get a bar and you pull yourself oh, up. Okay. Your abs I apple. have to put a bar in my house. Yeah, you can. Find I one. already have one of those with <laughs> seven hundred bottles. Yeah, and you chin yourself up to that every day. I do. <laughs> All right. So this was done by the McMaster's University in Canada. They said the importance of this study isn't that it proves that only you need one minute of exercise. It's just not that easy to get ripped. The importance is that it proves the power of exercise. Just one minute can actually boost your health. One minute. Everybody can afford one minute, can't you? Yeah. Excuse me while I cancel my gym membership. <laughs> really? 
right? Yeah. Now, this is a workout schedule you can actually fit into your busy schedule, isn't it? I think so. Ultimately, what are we talking about here? Five minutes? No, one minute. I know, but you have to go through each one of these. So. Well, you're right. You, you don't get too excited because there's a two-minute warm-up and a three-minute cool-down. So, actually, you're up to six minutes now. Yeah. Can you handle that? I can handle that. And then I'm done? Yeah. <laughs> no, you're not done because you haven't even done the exercise yet. You do a two-minute warm-up to get your body in shape. And what does that involve? Well, like stretching, that kind of stuff. Oh, okay. You can, you can do that. I can do that. Okay, after the two-minute stretch mark. And by the way, we've all seen the two-minute stretch mark. Usually lasts about nine months. Right. That was a reference to <laughs> pregnancy. Anyway, so, that was mean, wasn't it? It was. So if you people are waiting for the train, you're late and you're running for the train, sprint really fast for that minute to catch the train. You've done your exercise. I'm for the counting day. that as one minute. That's the cardio part. Now, what about the rest of it? So how many different routines? Five of them that were, I'm sure you can come up with more, chin-ups, push-ups, sit-ups, squats, and you can do high intensity. Okay. There's five minutes right there. Two minutes to warm up. And then how long is the cool down? Three minutes. Okay, so you're up to 11 minutes. Well, wait a minute. When I name those four different exercises, you're only supposed to do one of them. Oh. You, you, you just pick the one you want. Oh, I see. One so day you, it might be chin-ups. Oh, I see. Day. Okay, I got it. Just for a minute. Right. So there's chin-ups, push-ups. Chin-ups, pull-ups, sit-ups, and squats. High intensity. Very hard. Like, do push-ups for a minute as hard as fast as you can, but good push-ups all the way down, all the way up. For a minute? Yep. Okay. Does this make your day? I'm liking what you're telling me. Okay. You know, if you don't believe me, go to your Google machine and Google the one-minute workout. Okay. There was a book like that, right? Yeah. I think I bought it, but I never read it. <laughs> I never didn't have the time. You got to be careful about these workouts, some of these guys. Remember that guy? There was this famous runner, Jim Fix. He talked about the importance of jogging. Mm -hmm. He was only in his, like, 40s. What did he do? He died of a heart attack while jogging. Yeah. Remember that? A lot of this stuff is not good for you. A lot of runners seem to, uh, you know, not last that long. You know, maybe our... Uh, our bodies weren't meant for that? Yeah. That's right. We're no gazelles or cheetahs. We're human beings. Maybe the POS POTUS is on to something. <laughs> Tom and Mike. This story tells me that people have entirely too much money and don't know what to do with it. There's a company in Switzerland, a Swiss firm, and they've got a very strange name that I can't pronounce. But they have hired a team of 14 experts, 12 translators, four historians, and two trademark attorneys. And what they do is for $30,000, they pick the best name for your child. $30,000? Yes. They look at elements like sound and rhythm, appearance of the written name, and how it sounds with the last name. And when reading the article, I was interested to see what some of these $30,000 names sounded like, but there's an NDA where nobody can tell this anybody, you know, where they got these names from. So we can't look at what they actually came up with at $30,000. That's so ridiculous. <laughs> Come on, people, just throw some letters together and call it a name. Yeah, just get a big bag of cash and throw it in the burning fireplace. They used to make books, cost you three bucks for babies' names, right? Right. Anyone paying $30,000 for a name... Here's the names of the people, their parents, stupid or idiot. Take your pick. Really? George Foreman didn't have this problem, did he? That's right. All his kids were George. That's right. Did he have any girls? Yes, he did, and she just died. Was her name George? No, Georgette. Georgette. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know what the name of this company is? 
I can't pronounce it. It's spelled E-V-F-O-L-G-S-W-E-L-L. Eva Vogelswall. And they're naming kids' names? That doesn't exactly have any rhythm or flow. I'm thinking people will just throw their money at anything, you know? I mean, think about that. I mean, what person... I mean, how much money you must have that you're going to say... Stupid or idiot. That's what person. You had it right the first time. It's a good thing there are no starving homeless children out there that could use that $30,000, isn't it? Yeah, it's a good thing. Man, I don't know. You look at the wife and the wife looks back at you. Is this just in America or is this some No, this is all over. Oh, boy. Frank Zappa could have helped these guys out of business in two minutes, right? Moon. And Tweezel. Moon Unit and Dweezel. Yeah. He had it going on, Mr. Creativity. Well, I actually salute this company, finding a way to pick off cash from mentally challenged rich people. That's right. <laughs> really? That's, that's my answer to that. Tom and Mike. Have you ever been afraid of clowns? I have not, but a lot of people do have that phobia. Do you know there's a name for it? What is it? It's called chlorophobia. C-O-U-L-R-O-P-H-O-P-I-A. Chlorophobia. There's 2% of adults actually have a genuine fear of clowns. It's mostly with kids. There's panic. There's a regular heartbeat. There's difficult breathing, sweating, and nausea. Can you imagine? Well, two things have happened here. You know, we've demonized clowns over the years because obviously Hollywood has known that people do have this phobia. And I think one of the reasons why they have this innate fear of clowns is somewhere in their childhood, very, very young, you know, they were traumatized by a clown. Right. Not a scary one, but if you're like three or four years old and you're seeing this image for the first time, I guess it could be really terrifying. And it stays with you, right? Right. And they say that most people do not like things that are familiar but a little bit off. Like clowns look like people, but there's an oddity to it. You know, it's, it's okay to see a clown at a circus, but it's upsetting to see one alone in the woods, right? Right. Plus, they have big feet. You don't like that, do you? No. Do you know most women desire a man who makes them laugh and also feel safe? So basically, a clown ninja. That's If you're a clown ninja, you can get the chicks, right? That's the ticket right there. Where can I find one of those big red noses? <laughs> you know, circus clowns never got enough credit from environmentalists for all that carpooling they did, you know? That's right. <laughs> How about Bozo? Bozo. <laughs> It just came to me. There's nothing quite like seeing 15 clowns get into one small car and everybody's yelling, shotgun! That's uncomfortable. (laughs) And clowns aren't good at poetry. Violets are blue, your blood is red, your window is open. I'm under your bed! (laughs) This is an insane clown posse story. You know, Craigslist did a thing about the creepiest professions. Yeah. Clowns topped the list. What do you think was second? No clue. Taxidermists. Oh. Third were sex shop owners. Okay. And fourth, funeral directors. Yeah, that's a good list. I like that list. What do you think number five would be? Personal injury lawyers. Radio personalities? No. Personal injury attorneys. Uh huh. That's what I think. Sidekicks for Tom Ken. <laughs> okay. So when you were a child, do you recall anything that traumatized you other than the vacuum cleaner? Your mother would turn that vacuum cleaner <laughs> no, that's on to it. shut you me- up or to drown out the noise. But other than that, actually, I was traumatized by the vacuum cleaner. (laughs) And I used to go hide under the bed, and then my mom would come and, you know, put the vacuum cleaner under the bed, and I thought I was going to get sucked away. (laughs) No, the only thing that I I can ever remember being afraid, I I had a great childhood, but not having a dad, I remember in the wintertime, our furnace in the basement made some really weird noises. And I would sleep in my bed thinking that somebody was coming up the stairs. 
And that scared the hell out of me. So much so that I got a baseball bat and I put nails in it and I kept it under my bed. Wow, that's scary. Yeah, it was. It was for just for, you know, maybe like a half a year of my life because I was at that age. Was it an old house? Well, yeah, I guess it was an old house, an old furnace, and it just made a bunch of noises and it sounded like someone was coming up the stairs. This is how Home Alone was inspired. <laughs> that's right, buddy. <laughs> Macaulay Culkin. He always thought the furnace was... You know, Kevin, Tom and Mike.